So, like I said last episode, I wanted to put together my testimony. So that's what I've been mostly attempting to do the last several days, but I've been finding it to be very difficult. I realized I don't really have the words to put into my testimony. As the Holy Spirit's been wrecking me, and I've been realizing how weak I am this year, and how in my own strength I've led myself to a lot of dead ends that God's been working me out of and releasing me from, I simply don't have the words to put to a lot of things that are going on right now. And not that I'm in anything significantly sinful. It's just, I think as a a way to cope from my past or with my past, I've uh, chosen to forget a lot of things or keep a lot of things out of my memory as a way to not remember uh, what I experienced and uh, kind of the pain that I went through. So I feel like this is a, a working version of my testimony and it's going to touch on a little bit of my childhood uh, and then kind of jump right into my early adulthood because I feel like my life really started about eight years ago. So that's where a lot of it is going to be coming from. And certainly a lot of my testimony is after I got baptized and, and then after the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022 and how I've had a vision to get into ministry since then. So I feel like my story of recognizing that I'm, I am walking with God is very young. It's in its infancy stage. And I don't want to claim to have an understanding of who I am and what my life is going to be like and really what it's been like because I am only 32. Uh, and something I've been realizing is if I keep up the work that I started this year, in keeping up the work that I started up this year, Seems like it won't be until my 50s when I have a better understanding of, of who I am. It's going to take time, and I recognize that. So the testimony I'm going to share is, like I said, in its infancy stage. And uh, the point is to be vulnerable, to share what I feel is important, uh, so I can give you guys a background of where I'm coming from and where I want to go and how I see God working in my life. I would say my testimony or my life as of today is split up into about four phases. The first one is my childhood through early adulthood. As far back as I can remember, 
I, I remember being gripped by fear. It was something that was deeply rooted in me. I, I had no voice because of it. And I feel like it was sinful fear. And a good way to explain it now was this feeling as if the devil had my tongue and he owned it. And it just kept me silent for the most part. And when I did speak, it was, it was words of destruction and, and hate, putting people down. So the devil had a, a hold on my tongue and it kept me from having my internal voice to process things that went on. My internal voice, which kept me from knowing who I was and what I wanted to do, as well as my external voice, to voice anything to people. And so because of that, I didn't have any real relationships because nobody knew me because I didn't know myself. And something I always desired was connection, to be seen and to have meaningful relationships. And most of all, I wanted to have a romance. I wanted to be with a girl who I loved. I wanted to be in love and I wanted to just be loved. Something I always wanted. Also, something worth noting was my family. The way my parents parented, my dad was a provider. He fell into that uh, cliche of providing financially and things physically, but he was absolutely absent emotionally. He had five boys and didn't teach us how to become men didn't teach us a lot of things and so he just felt like an absent figure I never had a father figure figure but my dad he he always made a good amount of money we had a nice house we had a cabin with some land on Lake Superior and we had things and it was nice but there was always this big hole in me and I think my brothers as well because of that emotional piece that was missing. It's key. As a father now, I know it's key and how absolutely it is important and just never had it. And as a result, my mom overcompensated and and then brought her own kind of mess into our lives. And I know now how important it is to be a father, how it's... It's being a father and a husband, they're both my absolute priorities just after my relationship with God. And so everything I do is for the benefit of my wife and my children. So that kind of sums up my my first phase. That went until about uh, 24 years of age, when in 2014, I had just gone back to school, back to college, I had taken a break the year before because I went heavy into the partying and drinking and got lost in that. And like I said, due to a lack of focus, due to a lack of who I am, not knowing who I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do with school. And so I struggled with school. I also just got out of my first real relationship with a woman who introduced me to Jesus. We dated for about two years. Uh, So it was Thanksgiving of 
2014 when I woke up to the news that my brother had died. And not only had he died, he shot himself in the head. So he committed suicide. And that phase of my life went from about 2014 to 2019. But right after my brother's suicide, I, I recognized what the wages of sin were. And it exposed to me everything wrong in my life and everything wrong with my family. And within that year after his suicide, I realized how everything, so many things that were wrong with my family were not at all unique. Many families had the same issues. Many individuals had the same issues. I also recognized the danger of being complacent and how that leads to death, to just think, to be ignorant, and to have the idea that we don't have to work on our life to make it happy and that we don't need anyone outside of ourselves. I struggled with procrastination due to my lack of purpose or due to my mission, not having any sort of mission. And so I was, I was hit in the face after my brother's suicide, but at the same time, I'm forever grateful for that moment because it gave me a reason to live. I found my reason why. After being gripped by the devil and silenced by the devil for so long, I finally started to speak. Uh, and it started years before when I got into college and kind of broke out of my shell. But now I, I realized, okay, so many more things have to change. I can't keep going the way I'm going because I'm a lot like my brother and I could easily end up exactly like him. And so I discovered suicide grief and uh, that phase of suicide, second phase and the third phase of self-repair with worldly tools are, I think, very intertwined because I, right after his suicide, I started counseling, uh, being counseled in a secular sense, and I started going to support groups. I realized the importance of community at that time in my life. I was very fortunate to have an ongoing support group that went all year round except for holidays. So every week I I went for over two years. And during that time, I found out that my grief is basically identical to everyone else's grief when it comes to suicide grief. I've learned that suicide grief is one of the more difficult forms of grief because it's not just someone's death, but they took their life and just so many things to wrestle with. And so I thought it was my purpose. Uh, after his suicide, I took a break from school because I just could not focus at all. And I decided to go back to school to get a degree in psychology with the hopes of being a counselor down the road. So I'd get my master's or something like that so I could counsel people. And so that journey started. I, I got into nonprofit work. I started doing supervised parenting for a nonprofit, which was a safe place to have parents do visits or exchanges. If they're divorced or separating couples, they could exchange kids at our place, um, but also parents who lost their kids due to child protection. I supervised their visits in a therapeutic setting. 
So I got to see, I thought my parenting situation was tough, my the way I was raised, but I quickly learned that there are parents who are awful and very evil towards their kids. And I think this also put a lot, it instilled a lot in me of how I want to raise my kids. Because it was around that same time I became a father to my son. That happened in 2018. And I just wanted the best for him. I wanted the world for him. But of course, I just didn't know how. I, I was told I would just figure it out. And I assumed I would. I assumed it would be easy. Things would just come. And so that was kind of my my attitude until it all came crashing down in 2021. So from there, at the end of 2019, in 2020, I would say is when my next phase started. It's when COVID started. I was baptized that year on my birthday in the summer. And I truly feel like the spirit descended upon me, descended into me. And from that moment, I was led by the spirit, which was awesome. But at the same time, it was my New Year's resolution that year in 2020 to read the Bible. And so I did that year, mostly with my son. Every night we read it. I read it to him. And because of that, my knowledge and, and wisdom grew. Uh, that's when my life really began, is in 2020, after being baptized. And it was amazing. I loved every part of it. But at the same time, Jesus was showing me how so many things got to go. And who I was to my wife and my kids, though I thought it was good enough, it, it was just, it was leading my family towards... Uh, destruction and devastation and death. The way I, I kind of built myself as being a strong person mentally and physically after my brother's suicide, it all collapsed on me in 2021 when I was planning my, my wife wanted me to plan her birthday because she didn't want to have to deal with it. So I was doing all the details and, uh, I just started believing in these lies, uh, the way the, the relationship my wife and I had wasn't anything near what it was now. And it's because I wasn't the man I needed to be. And Jesus was showing me that, but I was, I was fighting him every step of the way. And it was the end of 2021, her birthday's early January. As I was planning her birthday, I just felt like I, I couldn't do it. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. And I felt like I didn't love her. It was just something that was over me and I, I couldn't stop. So in the midst of planning for my wife's birthday, I told her that I feel like I don't love you. And that was my gift to her for her birthday. Probably the worst thing I could say a man could say to his wife, a husband could say to his wife, is that just feels like he doesn't love you. And and then everything can make sense. And my wife could have resented me. And that could have been the start of something terrible. But my wife is amazing. She prayed for me. 
She supported me through it. She knew that wasn't who I was. And and she just started praying for me to be the man that I needed to be. And so, and also, I dug myself into this deep pit. And I felt like I had nothing left. There was nowhere I could go. I was done. So I actually relied on Jesus from that point. I... I see it as him extending a, a rope miles down into this pit I dug myself and he started encouraging me encouraging me to climb it's just a single rope and I just use my body to climb it and in 2022 is when my life was on fire I was I was thrown into the forge and I was being remade and that's what life has been. It's September of 2022 and Jesus has now shown me how to passionately love my life. I feel like or passionately love my my wife and in return love my my wife and my life. But I actually feel like I was born again. I feel like I'm being spirit led. Jesus put it on my heart to start a ministry. Uh, and this this podcast that's uh, my life is completely changing and I feel like it's for the good I found a podcast a ministry called men in the arena ran by Jim Ramos and that's been one of the best resources I've found so far because not only is his heart true from what I've heard his heart is after Jesus and Jesus has done a lot of amazing work in his life but he has these guys on his podcast who talk about amazing things they talk about how their mission is to love their wife absolutely uh, only second to Jesus and and their kids as well they want to be the best fathers that they can possibly be and so does Jim Ramos he wants to be the best father and husband and he's in his mid 50s all these other guys are around that same age or older Seems like the average age is 50 to to 70, sometimes a little bit younger, and then older too. And I just started to put myself in the shoes of older men, men who are 20 years ahead of me. And that's how I want my life to be next year, not in 20 years, but next year. I realized the faults that I I walked in, the, the wide path I took, the easy route, and I truly understand now how I need to apply things to walk the narrow road so I can actually get to heaven. And I need to serve people. I need to feed his sheep. Jim Ramos has a platform where he lets people share their stories. I've learned some men are fortunate enough to have fathers who got it and raised them in a family that was awesome. Not perfect, but they were raised in a way where they could, in their 20s, go right into it, or even younger. And they they went into ministry at a very young age. Some guys, most guys, I think were really similar to me. They crashed and burned soon after getting married and realized they had to die, die to themselves or keep going dragging their face on the ground 
and all the guys on the podcast chose not to drag around. They became new men to honor their wives and their kids and to be a testimony to the to the power of God and to glorify God. That's why they do everything and that's what I want to do. I want to glorify God with my family. I want to be a representation of the glory of God by having a truly amazing and loving family. And I want that now in my 30s. I don't want to wait till I'm 50 or older. It, it started this year. It really started this year. My relationship with my wife is completely different. I realize how I need her. The reason I told her I didn't love her is because I, my parents got divorced. I didn't know what it meant to actually give everything I had to another person. So that's what I, I had to do with my wife. I had to accept I absolutely need her. I had to become the spiritual leader of my family. I had to be spirit-led. I can't do this on, on my own. I can't come up with my own plan and devise my own strategy. Jesus has to do that for me, and I just do as he wishes. He gave me a vision, and I'm trying to fulfill that. I'm trying to put better men into my life. I'm trying to be a better man for men in my life. And this year, my life has actually started. I feel like I'm actually living for something very clearly. It's not as mystical as it was in 2020 or last year. It's very clear. It's also very difficult. I feel like as I was preparing for this podcast, the devil was in my mouth again, keeping me from, just keeping me, holding me back. The last night, my wife, she helped to release that. And that's just the amazing woman that she is. She really is the best wife a man could ask for. And I'm so grateful for that. That's what I've been realizing this year is how amazing she is. And that's what I want every man to have. I want to I wanna be a guy on some platform talking about how, yeah, just like all these other guys, so many other guys, I'm out there trying to help guys. I'm trying to feed his sheep. And that starts with my home. If my home isn't right, if it's if it's not obviously a, a loving home, then it's not going to work. So that's where it started this year. And my mission is to be the man that my wife needs. The man that my daughter needs. Because I want her to marry a man better than me. I want to walk her down the aisle someday and hand her off to a man I know is better than I am. I want my son to strive to be, at the very worst, the great man that I want to become. And my wife deserves that great man. She does. And so my, my mission I testify today that as I walk with Jesus, my mission is to step into the lives, to impact, and to change 
the lives of others for the good. And I'll end it with this, because in 2014, the summer before my brother killed himself, I stayed at his townhome that he just purchased that January for like a month, month and a half. While I was in between semesters, I uh, had an apartment an hour away, but I I stayed at his townhome with his fiance and his couple month old son to watch their son, to watch my nephew while they both worked because they were having childcare issues. And that's my biggest regret in life that I, I just wasn't who, I wasn't the person my brother needed to support him. That was a great opportunity for me to see what was going on and to foster my brother's heart so he didn't have this desire to end his life, to think he was absolutely alone and to spill his own blood. And so that's who I want to be. I want to be a man who can step into other men's lives, who might be suicidal or who just might be complacent without anything to actually feel good about and to stop the procrastinating, to start working on their marriage, their relationship with their kids and who they are so they can serve Jesus and and live to be born again and not this complacent Christianity that is so common and so deadly. So as of today, that's all I have to say. And I hope this podcast gives the thoughts to inspire people to change their lives. As I reflect on Oswald's devotional, which is another essential resource in my life, I want it. I want my interpretation, how it impacts my life and how I talk about it, to speak to other people and to just give testimony that it's possible. As someone who comes from my background, I lost a brother to suicide. He was two and a half years older than me my whole life. And then one day, I was older than him all of a sudden. He died when he was 27, and I aged past 27. To become older than your older brother is a strange thing to experience. It's a strange thing how suicide is so common. And although that's not my main mission to help people with suicide grief, it's I want to help people live. So suicide's not even an option. It's not even a consideration. I want people to go after Jesus and do what he wants them to do.